Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening in. As we continue to talk with leaders in our community, we welcome today Linda Najat. She is the president and CEO of Food Lifeline, as well as Mark Coleman, the senior marketing and media relations officer at Food Lifeline. Food Lifeline has a goal to end hunger in western Washington by mobilizing resources and engaging communities. Linda and Mark, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much, Gary. It's great to be here. Good morning, Gary. Thank you for having us. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here because I want to keep talking about this issue. It just doesn't seem to go away, that people Mm -hmm. are still hungry right here in western Washington. Ending hunger, I mean, that's what you said is your goal. That's pretty lofty, right? Today we're going to find out how you mobilize those resources is is sort of your catchphrase, right? And what those resources are, I guess I want to begin, though, before we really go too far uh, with the basics of Food Lifeline, how you've been in business, how what you guys do, where you are, just to get the people you know, acquainted. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what they do. Yeah, you bet. So Food Lifeline is a large food bank distribution center. We have headquarters that are located down in South Park. We moved there in 2016 to our new Hunger Solutions Center, and so we invite the entire community to come down and visit us at our new facility. We've got jobs for everybody that would like uh, to play a role in helping us end hunger. As a food bank distribution center, our job is to fill the shelves and fill the plates uh, for food banks, meal programs, and shelters throughout all of western Washington. We serve 17 counties of western Washington. In those 17 counties, we provide food every day to 301 food banks, meal programs, and shelters. Um, And last year, that food was 51 million pounds of food that ended up going out to literally hundreds and thousands of our neighbors who are experiencing hunger. I need you to say that number again. That sounds ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) People must have heard you wrong. Maybe it's me. 51 million pounds of nutritious food that went out to feed hundreds of thousands of our friends and neighbors. Wow. How long has Food Lifeline been in business doing that as a distributor to other food banks? Sure. So we we, uh, were founded in 1979, and we have been growing and thriving ever since. And has that always been the mission? You, you find, you supply other food banks? Uh, yes, our mission has always included our work to distribute product to, to, to food banks, food pantries, meal programs, and shelters. And in the last few years, we've really evolved our mission to not only feed hungry people today, but also think about strategies that we can employ that will help us end hunger forever mm, in the future. Beautiful. Um, and that is the lofty goal that is, is worth proceeding to, yeah. That's um, exactly right. Pursuing, I guess I want to say. Um, well, let's ask this, though. Here we are. Western Washington is a pretty nice place. Who is it that's hungry? I mean, that's a lot of 51 million. <laughs> I mean, that's a big number. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of meals. Who it are is. Who is it that's hungry here in Western Washington? I mean, there can't be that many poor people living on the street. It's not just homeless people. That's Absolutely what some people not. that's what some people think, right? It's I mean there's not. a few stereotypes to break, isn't there? There are some there are some big stereotypes to break. So first and foremost, um, it's important for your listeners to know that one in eight of our neighbors here in Washington state struggle with hunger and food insecurity. One in five kids in our state is hungry or at risk of hunger. And these are folks who are following all the rules, doing all the things that they need to do. Over seventy percent of the people who stand in line at a food bank are employed Less than 10% of the people that our organization is providing food to are homeless. The person that is standing in front of you in line may very well be struggling to cover their grocery bill. 
Um, we know that um, that 75% of the people that we serve every month are making a difficult choice every month of putting food on the table or paying the rent, putting food on the table or filling the car with gas so I can go to work, putting food on the table or keeping the light and heats on. It's this issue in our society that it's absolutely possible to work a full-time job and bring in even more than a minimum wage, but that salary won't stretch to cover all of the basic necessities of housing and food and utilities and electricity and basic needs that every household has. Yeah. Wow. Uh, go ahead, Mark. Well, Gary, and a lot of these families are uh, they have homes. They're working. They run uh, a very, uh, a very tight financial, a, a tight wire. So if there's a medical bill yep. for five hundred dollars or a car repair for seven hundred and fifty dollars, yep. that can break them. That's right. Okay, and those type of things, you know, I when we grew up, they used to say, "Oh, well, you should have six months worth of your salary in your savings account." You know, and I've been a very responsible adult, and I don't think I have six months' salary in my savings account. It's hard to get there. I, I have other options. You, you know, I, I have other options. I have credit lines and things, and, you know, if a real disaster. A lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. So they're just walking that very fine line, trying to get by on what they're making with rising expenses. And if you look at what's happened to this region in the last five to 10 years, the cost of living has skyrocketed. Yeah. You know, rents have more than doubled. Cost of housing is ridiculous, isn't it? Last five to ten years. Now, think of the seniors. uh, Take a senior living in Ballard who's been renting an apartment in Ballard for five hundred and fifty dollars a month for the last twenty years. That apartment is now eleven fifty or thirteen hundred. That's right. Okay, and that's that's being that's being kind. And their income didn't improve. Didn't go up. No, social security. Just their expenses went went up. Yeah. Now, how about a young couple who has just started out and just had a baby? And wait a minute. (laughs) Now I have. Uh, so many more expenses, and yet my rent has gone up, and but my income hasn't gone up. That's right. And healthcare. So those folks are, and healthcare is another. Healthcare is such cost. a huge cost. The last time we did some um, some expansive surveying of the clients that are su- served by the agencies that we distribute food to, twenty percent of those clients told us that the reason that they were in line was because of a health related concern or unpaid medical bills. Mm. So you know, yeah. all of these all of these elements make up the fabric of our lives. And if there is a rip in that net, then families run the risk of falling through that net. Um, and we want to be there in that circumstance so that when a family is having a difficult time and having to make really um, difficult decisions, they don't have to worry about whether or not there's food for their family. They can come to their local food pantry. They can come to their local uh, meal program. They can get the food that they need. And then that can help them piece back together all of the resources that their household needs to be back up and on their feet. So these folks, you, you know, we talked about, you mentioned just briefly that the in line in front of you, at the food bank, but uh, these might be, like, let's go to an elementary school. There's kids in a school that, okay, I don't know much about the, I drop my kid off and I see others drop their kids off, yet some of those kids are barely making it because their parents, maybe they are, working as hard as they can, two jobs or whatever, yet they're right on the edge, right? That's right. And 
I mean, maybe it's the the mom at our church that, that you know, is barely, we see them, don't see them. Don't, they have a job. I think they have a job. You know, we think we know things about it. Is this the hurdle to get over with Mr. It and really Mrs. Is. Front Porch, I guess, to say, yeah. uh, let's yes. all work together because it looks like, it oh, they're working is. or they're part of the neighborhood. They must be the same as me. That, that's And, and you know, they are. Um, that's that's the grand irony of all of this uh, yes. is that the folks, the folks who are standing in line at the food bank, um, live in your neighborhood. They go to their. They go to your church. They attend the same school that your child attends. They're probably playing on uh, the same co-rec sports team. Um, you are encountering people every day from all walks of life who are struggling to put food on the table. But hunger is an invisible issue, and you don't know it, and people don't talk about it. Aha! Uh-huh. Right? I, I grew up that way. I, I had a, a mother who was a single parent. She worked two jobs to. St- support myself and my two sisters, we were very fortunate enough to, to have a rental house in a, in a nice neighborhood, but we didn't have money. And so my mother relied on food stamps. Uh, I remember taking food stamps to the store as a child to get, to get milk. They were, they looked like fun, looked like Mm -hmm. monopoly money. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until years later, and I never even knew this, but I was having a conversation with somebody about government cheese. Remember when they used to yes. pass out the mm-hmm. processed That's cheese, right? right? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know what that is unless you went to a food bank. Right. They didn't sell that at a grocery store. We oh, had government right. cheese in the fridge all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when I have these conversations with people that I grew up with, they had no idea. They said, oh, my gosh, we had no idea that you struggled. But we did. And it, like I said, it is the invisible problem. You know, when we look at the, the problems that we're having in the city and across the country, you know, one of them being homelessness, you can tell when someone's homeless yeah you can see them in an encampment right when someone has mental health issues and they're having an episode you can identify that how do you identify hunger you can't a lot of times and and so until it's terrible until it's terrible and that's and that's another thing we try to do is to educate people to that that to be sensitive that these are the signs that you know that your neighborhood your son's friend next door might not have enough to eat you know, That's these right. are, it, it really is, it's tough to identify. And the impacts of hunger are really dire. And we need to be really concerned about that as a community. You know, a third of the, a third of the people who are served by their local food banks are kids. And we know from research that very young kids who don't have access to enough nutrition and the right nutrition uh, don't cognitively develop as they should. And then they struggle their entire life to learn and to keep up with their peers. And there are higher dropout rates and there are higher rates of, um, uh, of discipline action and there are um, more absenteeism. The, the issues compound. For adults, um, it is much more challenging for an adult struggling with hunger and food insecurity um, to be alert and um, uh, prepared at work to be a productive and contributing member of the workforce. Absenteeism happens more often. Um, Often um, finding the time to go and uh, access the services that you need competes with your work hours. We've heard lots of stories about people who've lost their job because they needed to go get food, Mm. right? Um, And for seniors who are struggling with hunger, and seniors are the fastest growing group of people that we serve, hunger means you're sick more often. It means that you stay sick longer. And it means that your quality of life is dramatically eroded. Wow. Um, so the You're right. I mean, what a huge problem that 
what's the word you used? Compounds or something. That's right. That. Wow. So, okay, so Food Lifeline reacts to this and wants to uh, get this <laughs> worked on. Right. And you mentioned 300 and some food banks, meal programs, shelters. Yes. Because uh, they're, they're spread out. This problem is everywhere. It's not just like you said, you can see them at a freeway ramp of downtown or something. Right. That's right. Uh, okay, now let's talk about the nuts and bolts of what Food Lifeline does. I mean, how do you get food uh, to all of those places all the time? You can't keep lettuce very long at a food bank, uh, I don't know, Issaquah, <laughs> Federal sure. Way, sure. Snohomish, uh, you know, Burlington. You I don't know. Yes. What. Yep. Yep. So do people get, this is a big deal. This is a logistical you better Giant, believe it. Isn't it? That's right. You bet. Folks well, are often astounded. So when how they... does food get from, well, let's talk about the sure. sources. There's a lot of sources. I well, mean, we course. throw, Americans, <laughs> let me set you up here. We throw away, <laughs> a lot. we waste a lot of food, right? So there's yes. food to be had that can be delivered or used properly, right? So now, right. We're, okay. Well, it's funny because I, I hear the young tech crowd now talk about, oh, we're, we're disruptors. You know, we're, we're uh-huh. this new disruptive technology. I'm right. Like, we were disrupting 40 years ago. <laughs> it was all this food, 40% of the food in this country ends up in a landfill. Okay. Oh, oh, and this isn't, this 40% isn't off, yeah, ends up in a landfill. This isn't Gary not finishing his tacos and throwing one out at the end. Yeah, of the I, I finished more than 40% of my – that can't be right. It, no, it's absolutely right. And, and it works because we're in a free market society. So when you are in the food business, you have to have surpluses. You can't oh. sell what you don't have. Okay, So you have surpluses and you try to manage them. You know, you try to keep your numbers low. But you, if a farmer sells everything he or she has, then obviously they didn't grow enough. Because they could have sold more. Because they could have sold more. So, so at the farm you, level. It starts at the farm level. The farmer grows more than they can sell to the distributor. The distributor buys more than they can sell to the grocery store. The grocery store buys more than they can sell to the consumer. Oh, wow. Okay, so there is this uh, there is this layer there of wasted food. And what we've done is we've figured out how to access that food, how to source it from the farmers, the grocery stores, manufacturers, even retail. We rescue Starbucks food now because that was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, we take that food, we try to create a lot of direct services. When you talk about logistics, when we work with the grocery stores, we'll set up a, an individual grocery store, say in Ocean Shores, we'll set them up with the local Safeway. And they go once or twice a week and pick up the surplus. So the, the less groceries that actually come back to our warehouse, the better, because that means we can do higher volumes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But then again, we do also take in, we took in uh, 22 tons of potatoes uh, from the Skagit Valley about a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And they come in on a semi-truck in giant bags. And we have, we're fortunate enough to have about 14,000, 15,000 volunteers every year that help us sort and repack those. Because you can't, you can't back up a truck full of potatoes to a food bank. No, right. um, not, not a semi every day. No, no. no. So that doesn't sound right. We break them down, sort them, repack them, bag them, tag them, and then distribute them out. So those are kind of the two ways we do it. That's the interior way in the warehouse. And, and what we do is when that food comes in gear, we, we inventory it just like a gro- we We work... Exactly. We fit perfectly in the grocery industry. We inventory all our food that comes in. The food banks are able to go online to our, with our software, see what we have, and order it. Wow. Once and a our, week. Once yep. a week. Mm-hmm. And our team racks it up. Our warehouse team racks it up, gets it on the dock. They come and pick it up, or we deliver, uh, depending on what, what the program is. And uh, we're just we're highly efficient. When I came on board here, I interviewed with Linda, and she says, we have a 96% efficiency. 
I said, that's that's not, no, you, no, you don't. Nobody, <laughs> nobody does. Right. Yes, and, we do. I don't know if it's still true, but a couple of years ago, the Puget Sound Business Journal uh, did a story on us and, and told us that we were the most efficient nonprofit in the state of Washington. And I mean, you usually shoot for 80-something as a nonprofit. You try even and, 85 to 90. Yeah, but when you get but, over the 90 mark, that's remarkable. You know? So when people, when people donate, 96 cents out of every dollar is creating food, that's creating right. meals. That's and, you know, awesome. we're, we're really, really fortunate as an organization. We live in such a food-rich environment. There's so much extraordinary um, agriculture um, in Washington State. We have incredibly generous donors that are manufacturers, processors, wholesalers, retailers. Um, every, every, every grocery store is participating in our grocery rescue program. Um, and, and, you know, we've got um, all kinds of really interesting new ways that we're able to access food as well. Um, we utilize an app called Meal Connect that helps us connect uh, restaurants and hotels that have surplus food directly with meal programs who need and want that food. The hotel or restaurant um, records their donation on an app. Um, we collect the information on an app and can direct that uh, local meal program to do the pickup. They record the pounds that they pick up on the app. It all happens virtually, mm -hmm. and hungry people get fed. Wow, that's beautiful. What a great use of the computer age Absolutely. and technology. I told you we I were mean, disruptive. Yeah, I guess, I guess <laughs> we are talking today with Linda Najat and Mark Coleman from Food Lifeline, a nonprofit organization feeding people who are experiencing hunger today and they're working to solve the issue of hunger for tomorrow. Online, Food Lifeline is a website. You can learn a lot more about it than we'll have time to cover here today. And it's just simple, foodlifeline.org, right? Foodlifeline, spelled out, dot O-R-G. Recommend people to visit that and learn more about Food Lifeline and the, the hunger problem in our area, too. Like you said, Linda, one in eight people are facing hunger in That's Western right. Washington. One of five of them are kids. Yep. Uh, um, so this time of year, people get generous. What what can they do? What's what can we talk oh, we about? Have a plan. As, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but you're but so efficient that, at Food you? Lifeline. Yeah. I know you must be. Okay. Um, this time of year, Gary, we do what we call the Holiday Meals Campaign, and it's our way of mobilizing uh, not just the community but also our, our corporate and business partners as well. Um, we do an event every year called Food Frenzy, which we are all uh, businesses, law offices, accounting firms that we have them that they work during the summer. During the winter, we look to mobilize them and everyone else onto this campaign. And uh, what we're doing is we're raising money for holiday meals. And uh, our corporate partners, and I'll mention a couple of them, QFC, uh, Fred Meyer, also Whole Foods, they're all doing in-store promotions. So if you visit them, we, and we encourage you to visit our partners, um, you'll have the opportunity to help us there. Or you can go uh, directly to our homepage and make a donation. And we've been talking about the, the, the efficiency of this. For every dollar you donate, it creates the equivalent of four meals. Okay, the meal's 1.2 pounds. Ah. Um, so that's good. If you go uh, yeah. four meals for a dollar, man, that's right. very nice. Exactly. And, and while we, uh, we, we love food drives and, and we appreciate the, the effort and endeavor that people go through to do a food drive because there's so much wasted food, because there's food that needs to be rescued, it's actually more efficient to make a donation. Mm -hmm. Say a, a shopper at QFC can go fill a bag for $20 and it's say it's four meals. Yeah. That same $20, we can create 80 meals. That's right. Wow. So at Fred Meyer That's right now, they have a Roundup promotion, a Roundup promotion 
or you round up if it's $9.63, you round up $0.37, cents and that goes to us. And so far this year, we've raised over a quarter of a million dollars. Just by rounding up the change on the, on the bill at Fred yes. Meyer. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. And they are, they are wonderful partners. You know their CEO's name is Joe? I, just, I know, I'm sorry, I just love that. Okay. I met him and he's a CEO and he goes, hi, I'm Joe. <laughs> but they're, they're outstanding partners for us. And then we have the, the Food Frenzy people doing CrowdRise teams on our website as well. And uh, Q13 has joined us in this and they are helping us raise money as well. And we have some very lofty goals, but the, the goal really is to ensure that everyone eats. Yeah. That's right. And I think it's important for your listeners to know that um, we, you know, hunger is a problem that impacts our entire community. It will take our entire community to solve this problem. And there's a role for everyone to play. Uh, if you have the capacity to make a financial gift, Mark has shared that we can take $1 and turn that into the equivalent of four meals. So financial contributions are extraordinarily helpful. What if my when, uh, company matches my Oh, my goodness. Then See, I, you then just... Then my dollar is making eight meals, right? That's exactly right. You bet. So don't forget, folks, to ask your employer about those matching programs. If a financial gift is out of your reach, but you've got the gift of time that you could share, we really need folks with hearts and hands who can help at our warehouse as volunteers to help us sort and repack all of those potatoes and apples and onions, <laughs> onions and all of that lettuce. amazing uh, <laughs> grocery product that needs to get out to agencies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if if uh, neither of those are something that's in your reach, but you have some groceries of your own that you'd like to share, then that's also just fine with us. We Absolutely. just want want folks to know that there's a role for everyone to play in ending yeah. hunger. We are talking with Linda and Mark from Food Lifeline today. Again, online, foodlifeline.org. A great place to make a donation. I'm figuring maybe more money this time of year is needed than food. I mean, you mentioned, you know, a semi of truck can come in, but once harvest time is done, the, the fresh food can't be coming in, so you must have to spend some more money, right? Well, you Not know, really, the, and, the, the truck of frozen fish comes in behind that. Okay, that's right. <laughs> you bet. Share. Yeah, <laughs> and and we've worked really hard over the years to develop uh, a full twelve month oh, uh, program for sourcing food that gives us access to the nutritious product that we need all year around. So the dollars that we raise during the holiday season are going to go such a long way to helping us fill the plates for folks during the holidays, but they're also going to help us keep that energy up and going through the spring. Um, and it's just a really important time for folks to step forward and help the cause. You guys are efficient. I really like that about you too. Also, you know, a lot of Energy, let's say, seems to be spent on treating the symptoms. You know, there are right. a lot of food mm -hmm. banks, right? But what we talked about part of your slogan, looking forward to the future and, fin right. and finishing this or changing this. What is it about society or, you know, big picture here that says we should be able to get a handle on this? Like we've talked about all the food that in this country that's wasted. We seem to have, if we... I don't know, organized it right, thought about each other right. What What is Food Lifeline thinking about the future You here? bet. You bet. So you've heard a lot about the ways that we source and distribute surplus product. Um, and that really speaks to the first half of our mission about feeding hungry people today. The second half of our mission about ending hunger for tomorrow goes much more deep. Um, and it really goes um, to those upstream causes and focuses our energy and our efforts um, in those areas. So um, we know, um, I think it's important for us just to be really clear, we're not gonna end hunger through food banking alone. Right. Um, we can feed people every single day, but that doesn't change the fact that someone will show up hungry tomorrow. 
Um, so we need to go upstream. We need to find out what the causes of hunger are. And we know that there are many. We know that hunger is caused by a lack of affordable housing. Hunger is caused by uh, an adequate number of living wage jobs. Hunger is caused by a lack of access to affordable health care. Um, and hunger is also caused um, by poverty, certainly. Poverty is caused by systemic injustices and inequities that are inherent in our systems that perpetuate these cycles. And so as an organization, we believe it is our responsibility to partner with our social service partners who are experts in housing and health care and job training and employment to address those issues. We believe it's our responsibility to advocate for stronger, more effective public programs that help eradicate poverty and address those issues. But we also think it's important for us to call out systemic and institutional inequities and injustices and to challenge those systems so that we can begin to address those um, circumstances in our society yeah. that cause people to be hungry in the first place I, I and see. keep them in a position of hunger. I see that those big picture is real. That, that's it as is. real mm-hmm. uh, a problem to grapple and, and get society to realize it is a problem. That's what causing it. And a lot of people think, oh, it's a drag on society. You know, the, for a lot of people, the economy is booming right now, but this income disparity inequality thing isn't quite seen by everybody and, and realized Boy, you're, all those things you mentioned is all part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Have, two years ago, we ranked the number 26th in income equality in the country. We now rank four. There's only three cities that have a worse disparity between the highest earners and the lowest earners. Wow. And that is going to drive even more of this. So when we get involved with these other organizations that are working to, to make systemic changes, uh, we we show up with our food as capital. You bet. You know, and if an organization, and, and I, I, I use this example every now and then, uh, Mary's Place is a wonderful uh, shelter and transitional housing program in Seattle. They're not a meal program. Right. But when their chef can come shop our dock and, and take home $150,000, worth of groceries, that's one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 worth of money that they're able to spend on their mission. Uh-huh. That's right. On yeah. job retraining and housing vouchers and transportation and those other things. So as we're moving forward with this new plan, we're looking for those opportunities to use, number one, our skill set in logistics and, mm-hmm. and our skill set in managing resources, but also the food itself. Where will that food make a difference in, in an issue of poverty or an, uh, an issue of systemic racism or any of those issues. So that's right. Wow. That's what we look forward to. That's right. Yeah. As you know, we have a minute or two to, uh, to, before we have to wrap it up. To, I mean, what a great way. To, you just talked about some really important things. I mean, is there something else we left out or an important part of what Food Lifeline does or wants to do that you want to say again here uh, before we have to finish and say goodbye? Well, you know, I, I think I would say um, that it's really important for us as a community to do everything that we can, who is uh, everything we can to feed hungry people who are struggling today. And um, I think we've talked about how to do that. You can make a contribution financially. You can become uh, a volunteer. You can raise your voice as an advocate. You can make a contribution of food. Um, But even more, um, I'd like 
uh, for your listeners to know how important it is for them to talk about what they've learned today to their friends and their families over that holiday table. Talk about what you've learned about the issue of hunger. Become one of our advocates. Help us change the systems in our society that are uh, putting people into poverty in the first place and keeping them there. Become one of our allies. Become one of our advocates. Visit foodlifeline.org, and you can learn more about how to get involved. Wow. Well said. Thank you, Linda Najat. Thank you so much, CEO and President at Food Lifeline. And also thanks to Mark Coleman, Senior Marketing and Media Relations Officer at Food Lifeline. Uh, Mark and Linda, thank you guys so much for coming in and sharing with us today. But gosh, a bigger thanks to what Food Lifeline is doing to make such a big change and important changes in people's lives here in Western Washington. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you, Thanks for allowing us to share the mission. I am Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.